He's lovely now today. He's alert today. Well, see, you didn't see him yesterday or the day before. <laughs> he's very alert today. Yes, yes, he's not scrunchy Jack anymore. The Rotunda Maternity Hospital, first week of January 2009. In the middle of all the clatter and bustle, a grandmother is making eyes at her new grandson. I don't know who he is anymore. He doesn't even know himself who he is. No, he's like, my God, what am I doing here? <laughs> he's in shock. I thank you, Father, you are holy. And forever you are God. A mother sings to her first baby. Thank you, Father, you are worthy. You are faithful. And forever you are God. Almighty God. And names him Victory, which means God has won the battle. Once you're named, that's you. He's a victory because he will conquer in everything he, he, he desires to lay his hand upon. People name you for what they want you to be. I see him like somebody that will, you know, like if he set up his mind to do something, that he'll be able to achieve it. If he wants to be a doctor, an engineer, like his dad, whatever he wants to do, he will really conquer and just all about him making a decision. This is what I want to be. Your faithful Lord, are we continually sing of your praises? Um, I called the baby Ali. Even before you're born, people imagine you a certain way. That dad's grandmother was called Ellie and he just really, you know, and, and my other girl, they really just liked the idea of calling her Ellie and just stuck. We just felt that she would always be an Ellie goth and that was just perfect, you know. And you start to reflect back what people see in you. She's so dainty, I think it just suits her as well. Like, she's only £6.01, and it just seems to fit, you know. So... Constantine. The name is Constantine. Some people could never have escaped their names. It's the same like uh, my husband, the name. Also, my father is Constantine. I am Constantine, and he'll be Constantine as well. Other names come by chance. Because we were so sure it was a little girl, we'd Amber and Eva, and we'd know boys' names. And then I just taught a Finn, and I just taught. There's not many people called Finn, so we decided we'd call him Finn. Another little warrior. And Finn McCool was a warrior, wasn't he? But once chosen, your name is indelible, like a birthmark almost. And before I knew what I was, I chose if I was a boy anyway, I was getting called Martin. But uh, it's coming to grips with which one will I pick, Marty or Martin. But you travel within the boundaries of your name for life. Our MJ as well, Martin Jr. Your name reflects your parents' desires for the person you will be, the things they think are important, the life they expect you to lead. Last year, we, um, now 08, we had just under 9,000. On average a day, you're looking at about 28. Thousands of babies born a year, each name a personal choice. Yet put together over the years, maybe the names say something about how we see ourselves and as a country, how we've changed. Down a long corridor in the rotunda is a room full of files, and this is where the name of every single baby born in the hospital is recorded. For, de- for boys, Sean has never gone away. Sean will always be there. For as long as I'm doing this, Sean has always been a popular one for boys. Jack as well. Jack kind of comes, comes and goes. It's always sort of lurking there, but Sean, every day you'll get a baby called Sean.
middle names for babies would be popular middle names would be Patrick, you know, and they're usually granddad's names, Patrick, Michael, that sort of thing. For girls, it depends. It depends on what you know, girl group, you know, or at the top of the charts or what soaps are popular, you know. When Mamma Mia was released in the summer, we found we had lots of Sophies. And then we had Holly for Christmas. And then depending, as Frances said, what's in the soaps, we've had Abby, we've had Katie. Uh, a second name then would be May. But that turned up in soaps during the year, but it also turns out to be a grandparent's name. Um, for boys then, Matthew was very popular for about three months there during the year. Jack. Um, and as Francis said, Patrick, and we'd find that people coming into the country would spell Patrick their way, but it would still be equally popular with people coming into the country as it is here in Ireland. Very often a name has a story. We will be calling him out. He has a nickname already. <laughs> After his uncle who died. His uncle died four years ago, didn't he? Yeah. And his name would be Martin, and he died in a motorbike accident four years ago. So I had the opportunity. God bless me with a little boy, so moment is Martin. Once you're named for someone, they become part of you. Honest to God, Martin, he was 24 and a half. Lovely, lovely. Uh, Marty was lovely. Blonde hair. Yeah, blonde hair. He looks like he has gone to have fair eyes. Uh, it's a little crooked lip there. You mightn't be able to see it, but we can see it. Or you become part of them. And he just has all Martin's features, yeah. Yeah, and he even has his temper. <laughs> The same. That's the He's a frustrated little man, aren't you? <laughs> I would say probably 80% is tradition. The rest, 20% would be trends. And they would be probably the younger mothers. The younger mums, now, um, during the year, they would have called little boys Jaden, um, very much after Britney Spears' son. When she was in the media, there was quite a lot of Jadens. And again, all those mums were very young mums. Whatever your name is, it would be nice to know your name came about democratically. I had a Vita one name, that you've all had a Vita one name, and we both liked the sound of Eva. It was one, one of the few that was left on both lists. I grew up speaking Irish, partially. Uh, my dad always spoke Irish to me, so um, I like her to have a little bit of her own heritage, I suppose. And I think we just liked the sound of it after that. There was no, it didn't sound bad, it didn't sound like a name you could make any bad nicknames out of or anything like that. It couldn't be shortened into anything abusive. I must say, Eva. I have to say, over the past, since, since the new year, I've had a few Aoife's. And Ava. I, Ava and Ava. Eva. Very popular. Now, here we go. Ava, Aoife and Eva. Mm. EVA. Yeah, and again, people coming into the country would uh, call it the little girl Eva, but it would be spelt E-W-A and not E-V-A as we would spell it here. Wherever you're from, your name is a clue to your parents' feelings about identity. Here's Finn's mother again. The little boy there is called Evan. Yeah. You like Finn? Yeah. He loves his little brother, don't you? Yeah. And he's going to help Mummy, ain't you? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And he's going to tell his moon tours, ain't you, Evan? Yeah. My moon tours. I come to my gum school. I hated Irish. But I think it's the part it's forgot about. So, to come back to it. I, like, I know a lot more now than I thought I did. He's laying at me again. That's Finn at two days old. His name is the 54th most popular name in Ireland for boys and on the way up. There's four Irish names in the boys' top ten, Connor, Sean, Ryan and Kean. But for girls, Aoife is the only Irish one, at number seven. You'd have thought there'd be more, but then you go on down the lists and they all start to appear. 
Kira, Quiva, Neve, Sersha, Sive, Roshin, Evine, spelt at least two different ways. And you begin to notice that quite a few of the names that are on the rise are the ones with complex spellings. Connor in Irish, Crohor. That's Fergal and his wife Christine. He's teaching in a girl school. But a lot, a lot of kids in Guelph schools, and not just in Guelph schools, like, like all those, there are very fashionable Irish names at the moment, aren't there? Searsha is definitely very popular, like Afric and um, Oshin and Fionn and... Um, Ruri's. Ruri's. Oscar. Ruri's, Ruri's Oscar, with lots yeah. of H's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have you noticed that? I guess there is, yeah. It is those Irish names that are very difficult to spell. And they're expecting a baby of their own, their first. And when it comes to the first name... Chosen. We're down to a pretty fine short list now. I aren't think we? we might. I think we, we've got about three or four. But I think I'm almost uh, expecting when you, when the child turns up that we're going to come up with something completely different. Um, I don't know if you. <laughs> no, you're right. Countenance that, well, but we we thought it was a girl for the first five months, and I have my completely have my heart set on Matilda because I had the Australian and it was it just was perfect. And then we went for a scan about a week after we decided that and found out it was a boy. <laughs> so, sadly, Matilda <laughs> has gone by the wayside. So, um, so we, we, we really love Dashiell, with Dash for short. That's Dashiell, as in the writer, Dashiell Hammett. Well, we, well, well, well I did... A, a I John did, is a middle name. No, I did, so. I, did, um, I did fight for quite a while for Beckett. And then Fergal imagined, Fergal painted a scenario of me standing in the playground saying, Beckett, come in off the swings now. How are you going to feel? And I realised he was right. So Dasho is Dasho winning is, is winning. Would, would you agree? Yeah, maybe. But yeah. There were only three Dashos registered in the country last year. So Christine and Fergal can rest assured that if they go with that name, he'll certainly stand out. Hi, my name's Sandra Tobin, so we're here in the CSO at the moment. Because bad as it might be for your child to get teased for their name, wouldn't a boring name be worse? Or worse again, picking a name you thought was unusual, but it turns out everybody else had the same idea. So we have the data for 10 years spread out here in front of us. This is the Central Statistics Office in Cork. And this is where they've been compiling the top 100 names since 1998, when they realised it was something people were really interested in. If we look at the, the most popular, the five most popular names, um, if we look at 1998 and then the most recent 2007 names, we can see for the boys that Connor, Sean, Jack, James and Adam were in the top five. And in 2007, the same names again appeared, different order, Jack, Sean, Connor, Daniel, new one in, and James. For the girls, there was slightly more variation in 1998. There was Chloe, Kira, Sarah, Aoife and Emma. And in 2007, then, Sarah and Emma had moved up to the, the top two, followed then by Ella, Katie and Sophie. Like... There really has been limited variation in the top five with the boys' names, with Daniel coming in in 2007. In 1998, he was in 10th in or 10th in the rankings. Um, so no major big changes there in the last 10 years. 
Um, in the girls' names, you can see Chloe was the most popular in 1998 and she dropped to 15th then in 2007. And to look at the, the new names in 2007, Ella, who had been ranked 94th in 19, 1998, is a big leap up to third place in, in, the, in the 10 years. A few more. Ruby, number 34 now, up 140 places in the past five years. Brooke, Millie, Mwiran, all up more than 100 places. But then when you look at the boys, they don't move anything like as much as the girls. Ryan is one of the fastest movers, and he went up seven places to number seven in the past five years. And there's definitely something going on with those Irish spellings. There is variance when it comes to the Irish names. Um, Orla, more traditionally spelt O-R-L-A, still in the top 100, but is actually moving down slightly. And Orla, spelling O-R-L-A-I-T-H, has entered the top 100 and is moving up. And then for the boys, we have variations like um, Rory and Rory, Fionn and Finn, and they are all in the top 100 names as well. And for whatever reason, people seem that bit more willing to go out on a limb when it comes to naming a girl. There is definitely more of a movement in the girls' names and the number of girls' names um, we can see from, from the records in 2007, there was over 4,500 girls' names. And this compares then with just o- over 3,500 boys' names for, for the period. I wonder why we're more ready to experiment with girls' names than with boys. When I leave the CSO, I find a book which mentions some of the most common girls' names of the late Middle Ages in Ireland. Sive, Garmley, and more, M.O. Father Orr which is a name we still use sometimes for boys. But for a girl, it means great or big, which to us now sounds very unfeminine. But why should that be? Prettiness and fashionability probably shouldn't be the only things to consider when naming a girl. This young one here is Marianne. She is seven months old. This mother, Siobhan, has given it a lot of thought. So the reasons we... Why did we call you Marianne, eh? Well... We, uh, what did I like about it? We thought it was a name that was uh, quite elegant and I thought it sounded like a woman who was intelligent and feminine. But at the same time, I think it's a name, it's a proper name, it's sort of made a yuppie name and it's not particularly cutesy or too girly, you know, that it was a name that would suit a, a young girl but would also suit a woman going out, you know, out in the world. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't want a name that I felt suited her while she was very young but didn't grow with her. I can talk about my niece. At the time, I did object to my brother calling uh, my niece Pixie. And I just thought, oh, no, that's it's a bit trendy. It's not really a proper name. And also, it's not kind of a feminist issue. It's kind of hard for Pixie to go out in the world and become a high court judge. You know, whereas Marianne can, do you know? That's Marianne, who 40 or 50 years ago might have been Marion, or before that, Marianne. The old names seem constantly capable of being recycled into new forms. There's no one place to find out how our naming traditions have changed the past century. Not yet. But there are other places you can go. Right, well, my name is Larry O'Shea, and we're here at Cross Keys National School this afternoon. We're a small rural school, six teachers and 145 children. And you've arrived in good time to experience yard break time in our school. We're a very much a rural school, and we serve quite a wide catchment area. Um, I have a child from Romania who transferred from Dublin 
and we have a South African boy who transferred from Kells in County Meath. Um, other than that, we are pretty much homogenous, almost all from within four or five miles of the schoolyard here. We're going to look at the roll books to see how names have evolved over the years in Cavan. So uh, it might be interesting now to talk to uh, Mrs Deirdre Tai, who'd be the deputy principal here, a lady with a very good local knowledge. She spent 30 years of her career indeed in this school and is famously here since the school was built in 1977. Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. All the have arrived. Tape is rolling. Be natural. Our, our, our conversation secret. <laughs> Mrs. Ty, I was okay. explaining that you've been here since the foundation oh, of the school, looked, 30 years ago. <laughs> and how fresh you look. So what differences in names has she noticed over the past 30 years? Children, like, long ago got their father's name or their grandfather's name, so you see the same name reappearing over the generations. But I don't think that's happening now as much, that the, the boys are given their father's names. You know, there were just, and there were so many uh, surnames that were the common, so people got a nickname to distinguish each family. And uh, can right? you remember some of the nicknames of yours? We <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mary, you have, you haven't you? No. To distinguish the Rileys? <laughs> it would have been like you know, people were distinguished by the colour of their hair. Like I'm only going on from my own hair area, Black John or Red Phil. Of course, some of our oldest names probably started life as nicknames, like Fionn, Fair, or Ruan, Redhaired. Especially now I come from Kilishandra, so I'm just, there were so many Rileys that they were all different nicknames. <laughs> so what were the names in the school longer ago? OK, we're, we're looking at the role from uh, Cross Keys Girls uh, National School role. And uh, 1877, we have Bridget, Anne, Kate, Susan, Catherine... Susan again, Mary, Annie, Bridget, Kate, Margaret, Rose, Mary. And as you can see, they're all much the same, much the same names. Ellen. Ellen, Ellen. is a form of Eileen. Eliza. There's lots of them. Eliza. And Rose is also. Rose is quite, quite a popular name. There's no newer names, really. I all think through the 19th century. Let's yeah. go into the 20th. The 20th century, we're starting uh, Susan. Ellen and Ellen. Ellie, Rosanna, Katie, Maggie. These are, these are still Florence. Popular. Molly is popular. All these names that are coming back. Now, I'll just go through... The boys. The boys. Bernard, Michael. These were all the names here in Cruskies. In the 1870s. 1868. Terence. So a picture is emerging of the pool of names being quite small into the 20th century. Phil, Charles, Owen. James. But gradually Irish names start to appear. Owen oh, is Irish, of course, and Pat. So there's a couple. Yeah, but it's the, it's it's the, the English in- spelling of Owen. Okay, so the first Seamus you saw was 1928. Yeah, the, the first, first Shaw, 1930. The first Parry, 1930. 1930. The first Eamon. 1932? Yeah, yeah. So that, that's. That, that would be De Valera, I guess. It was, yeah, it was they were trying to, re, I suppose, revive the Irish language and people were, I mean, it was being taught in the schools. So, but after 1930, I think people began to feel they could use their Irish, the Irish form of the name. There's a Deirdre came in. That's the first Deirdre on the roll in 1968. First By the late 60s and into the 70s, there's a lot more variety. 
So there's the name Jacintha came in, and they're the girls' names from Elaine, Colette, Sinead. So there's, so you notice they're getting much more Irish. Sinead, Katrina, Siobhan. So this was post-Vatican II. We were into the EC. Perhaps we were more outward-looking, more ready to assert our own individuality. Una, Mairead, Anya, Olga. From the 90s on, the rate of variety increases. Nadine, 1999. Sheena, Paula, Natasha. Savannah, in 2000. Jolene. Jolene, Kiva, Neve, Angel, Issa, that's our first Issa. Leah, Michaela, Charlotte, as in Charlotte, she spelt it S-E-R-R-L-A-I-T. The Irish form. Sammy Joe, Lindsay, Kelly, Brittany, 04. Radine, that's the first Radine. So, what do the school's children of today have to say about their own names? I know some of the children have been talking about their names and their choices of names and how they got their names, and they've been quite interested in sort of checking it. Connor Emmett O'Reilly. Connor O'Reilly. Connor. And it's a good, nice Irish name. And what about the Emmett? Well, I was named after. Um, Irish man who was a freedom fighter and he was hung by the English. Uh, my name's Colin Tracy and I'm in sixth class. I like my name, but like sometimes when you go on holidays and there's people from other countries, they can't say it. They had to go like Callum or, and it's embarrassing sometimes because they can't pronounce your name and like, they laugh at you. So. Children may not get their parents' names anymore, but old family names are still in use. Bernard Gaffney and I'm called... Bernard because my granddad is called Bernard and his granddad is called Bernard as well. And Bernard means as brave as a bear. And do you always go by Bernard or do people try and shorten it for you? Uh, they call me Beanie. Beanie? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, do you like that? Uh, I like that, yeah. Beanie. For every traditional name, there's another that's more of an innovation. Michaela Katie McCall. When my mummy, before I was born, she read a book of an English girl that was lost and she liked the name. Um, my name is Cavell and um, I'm in fifth class. And um, Cavell? Yeah. How do you spell that? C-A-V-E-L-L. And how, what does that mean? Um, little lively one I was up and doing. And um, my dad wanted to call me Donald after him, but mummy wanted to call me Cavell. And then now my middle name's Donald. And why did you come across Cavell? Mama was looking in them, some books for names. Uniqueness is highly prized. Uh, my name is Neve, N-E-E-V-E. My mother and father picked it because there was two other girls in the hospital and they were going to spell Neve the Irish way. So Mammy and I just thought it was unusual, so they spelled it the English way. My name's Fiona Catron. Some names reflect a power struggle between the parents. And, uh, my father and my mother start fighting because my mother wanted Catherine and my father wanted Fiona because one of his friends thought it would be a nice name. And when my mother had me, she hadn't got the energy to fight with him anymore, so I'm called Fiona Catherine now. I wonder are tussles between parents over names more common now because families are smaller? Fewer chances to use up your favourite names. Hi. One way to avoid a row is to have three babies all at once. Who, who's this here? Jack. And who's this here? Luca. Luca and? Harry. Harry, thank you. These triplets are four years old. One has the most popular name in the country, Jack. One's not even in the top hundred, Luca. And one's somewhere in the middle, 
Harry. They were very early and yeah, so they were three, nearly three months early and um, Luca was the smallest and I think for some reason Luca seemed to be the right one for the smallest child. And also perhaps he was, we loved that name and had a sort of a special emotion attachment and he was the smallest and sickest and I think it was he was just maybe feeling a little bit more special than the others at that time so we chose Luca for him. And then I think Harry sounded like the oldest child to us and so Harry was the oldest child and then there was Jack. I think it was something like that but it was just, it all fitted very, in our minds at that time, there was no question. Gronya had no doubt about naming her own children. But I would think that normally people want to give children a name, they're not going to get kidded about. Her relationship with her own name was more ambivalent. When I was little I didn't like my name at all. My mum and dad were living in London when we were all born and they chose Irish names for all their children as a way of holding on to our heritage because they didn't know they were going to come back. They did ultimately come back. But um, they chose Sinead for my sister and I was growing up, but there was a question whether I'd have been Deirdre and I would have much preferred when I was younger to have been Deirdre. I thought it was a much softer, nicer, gentler sounding name, more romantic. And um, uh, But my mother's, my grandmother said to my mother that there were too many Deirdres and anyway I'd be Deirdre if I was in London, which she was probably right. Like, But uh, it just sounded quite ugly and heavy as a name and I thought it would have been so much nice to be a Roisin or a... Deirdre or eh, almost anything apart <laughs> from Gronia, but The name you nearly were is a kind of alter ego, a ghost of yourself. And I actually did consider changing it. I even discussed it with my mother when I was a teenager and told her I probably would change it when I got older, when I was in my early teens. But by the time I got to 15 or 16, I think I'd... I don't know, we'd become friends being my name. <laughs> and I'd accept that that's what I was called, you know. Names like Deirdre, Roisin, Grania are so familiar, you'd nearly forget their revived names. My name is Paul Gorry and uh, we're here in the National Archives. I'm working in genealogy for the last 30 years. We're going to go into the Genealogy Advisory Service and have a look at the 1911... The National Archive has begun putting the 1911 census online. The whole thing. There's only a few counties there so far, but it's all going up. In the meantime, it might be interesting to search through it to see what popular names of today were around 100 years ago. I think CIARA is most common now. Well, I would be very surprised if we find any at all. No results. I'd say Kira. I, I doubt that you would find any, very many Kiras before the 1960s. I think it's a very, very recent name, like Orla. Orla, Kira, those names started to become popular only in the latter half of the 20th century. I suppose at that stage people were starting to um, get a little bit more adventurous with Irish names and they probably turned to publications like Wolf's um, names for Irish, Irish names for children. And then there was in, I think, 1960s, 1970s, there was a, a revised edition um, by Gerard Slevin. And I think that was quite influential. It was probably the only book in bookshops at that time on Irish names. Um, OK, well, we look at a few more, like Aoife is another very popular one. And um... I, I doubt very much you will find an Aoife anywhere in existence in Ireland in, in 1911, anywhere even. But we'll have a look. Oh, two. <laughs> well, 
as you can see here, both of them are from Irish-speaking families, um, and that is that is significant as well. Ifa Nigtawi, Beechwood Avenue, Rathmines and Rathgar, and Ifa Imerkaba, Charlotte Street. And they're aged 22 and 20. Uh, they, they are very old Aoife's, I have to say. They're probably the earliest Aoife's in, in Ireland. I, again, it could be that their father decided to translate their names into Irish. They mightn't have been called Aoife on a, on a, on a daily basis. They might have been Eva or whatever. Um, a lot of the old Irish names were pseudo-translated into something that approximated to them in English. So Aoife McMorrah is the most famous Aoife, the, the woman who was daughter of Dermot McMorrah, who married Strongbow. And she's represented in a lot of literature right down to the 20th century as Eva. So probably those Aoifas born in the 1890s might have been called Eva on, on a regular basis. We'll just go into the family's page and see who else is in it. And... Uh, it's a whole family of of um, yeah, returned in Irish, obviously. But he he may have just been make, making a statement by returning the names in Irish. They may not have been called Anya and Tomas and Joseph and whatever uh, on a daily basis. Okay. Um, will we look at a few of the boys' names that are popular now as well? Sean and Connor, number two and three, respectively, at the moment. I'd say you would find a good few Seans at that time. Only ten? It is the entire country, only ten. Uh, I'm surprised that there are only that many. Connor is a name that was used, was one of the Gaelic names that survived uh, right through in, into the 19th century and into the 20th century. They were used continuously in certain parts of the country. It wasn't pseudo-translated all the time. So you, you'll find Connor, you'll find Cormac, the pseudo-translation for Connor, I think, was Cornelius. Were you saying that? Cornelius was used for a few names, including Connor. Well, we uh, look for Cornelius. Yeah, you'll find lots of Corneliuses in Kerry. 1,093, so most of the Corneliuses were there. It's an extremely common name in any part of Munster. Can we look at a few more of the Irish names? The Sinead? other names, Sinead. Um, there are only three, including Sinead de Valera, uh, who was obviously born as Jane, and she she adopted the Irish version of her name uh, I, I, as an adult. But Sinead de Valero would have been born, baptised as Jane. But it's quite remarkable that 100 years ago there were only two people called Sinead living in Dublin. Oh, yeah, it, it, it is extraordinary, but it, it doesn't really surprise me because there weren't that many people uh, that heavily into the revival of Irish names at that point. So if we were still clinging on to 19th century naming practices into the early 20th century, when did it all begin to change? The changes in the 20th century came about gradually. Um, I wouldn't think that it has anything to do with independence. I think it's more to do with the Gaelic revival spreading throughout the population. And uh, uh, I suppose um, figures in, pub in the public uh, like... Eamon de Valera, having these Irish names that probably prompted people later on to name their sons Edward and call them Eamon or whatever. If you, if, I would imagine that a lot of the Eamons born in the 1920s, and there would be quite a lot of them, were probably officially on paper Edward, but they were called on an everyday basis Eamon. And then later in the century, 
I suppose people just got the confidence in themselves or whatever to to use the name Eamon officially. So you would probably see a lot more Eamons um, appearing in the birth records in the 1940s, 50s, 60s than uh, earlier. Of course, it wasn't just Irish names that were on the rise through the 20th century. It was saints' names too. Names that we would regard as being fairly uh, standard now in Ireland, like Bernadette. Bernadette is a very very uh, popular name. It didn't exist in Ireland in the 19th century, and obviously St. Bernadette of Lourdes was the person after whom all the Bernadettes were called. Uh, so Bernadette came into existence probably in the 1910s, certainly in the 1920s there were lots of Bernadettes, and throughout the rest of the century then. Um, names like Carmel and Colette came into vogue in the 1920s. Names like Magella, Concepta, uh, Imelda, those names uh, were again very much related to the Catholic Church and became popular in the, uh, I suppose, the 1950s. I wouldn't think you'd find them before the 1940s anyway in Ireland. And they, I think they've gone out of vogue, most of those, in the last few years. But they, they had a currency in the mid-20th century. Attracta is a name that people might think is of the same ilk, but it's not actually, because St. Attracta was a saint in Sligo, uh, and a, a local saint in, in, um, in Ireland. We had, we had saints all over Ireland who were um, dumped when it came to Vatican II, but they were at, at one time venerated. So what other names have gone by the wayside, and why? A lot of names lost their currency throughout the 20th century, and I suppose Bridget was one of the ones that was a, a big casualty. I don't know, it just it just dropped out of favour with a lot of people, or it, it, it translated into Breda. You've, you've still got lots of Bredas. You don't have so many Bridgets uh, about. But trends come and go. I mean, Molly was a very old-fashioned name years ago. It, Molly and Bridget would be sort of in the same bracket with people. Molly was just a, a pet name for Mary, but Molly, when I was a child, was an old person's name, and now it's a very, very popular name for, for little girls. Bridget could indeed come back to us in the next hundred years, as so many other names, from Molly to Ellie to Aoife, have done. The contradictions are endless. Ancient Irish names for children whose parents may well not speak Irish themselves. Names children will spend their lives spelling out in service of a sense of difference or authenticity. Pop star names for children whose lives may not be that glamorous. Names from the Bible for non-believers. Boys named in such a way that nobody can inflict an awful nickname on them because their names are nicknames in themselves, like Sam or Max or the country's favourite, Jack. Because we want our children to be individuals, their own people. Calling a child after a parent used to be so normal, now it sounds kind of controlling. But a child will still be named for a grandparent or some dear person in the family who's died recently, just as Irish people were named centuries ago. For every innovation, a tradition endures. And in the end, every name creates its own authenticity, even the most unusual. Speaking of which, back to Christine and Fergal and the name they came up with. Dash, this is Sarah. Look at him. Hey, Dash. Oh, 
Um, and yeah, no, he he arrived in the delivery suite at the coom, and he came out. How do you like to say it, folk? He came out fighting. He kind of came out like a kung fu fighter. He uh, <laughs> he was really uh, unpleased that his lovely little sojourn in the womb had come to an end, and he was screaming and punching and kicking and like really irate and full of personality. And um, I particularly wanted Dasha beforehand. Fergal wanted to wait until we met him, and I was hedging my bets that after I'd been through labour, <laughs> <laughs> I might get my way. <laughs> but, um, and we didn't even use his name really the first night, did we? We kind of said, let's wait till the morning and see how we feel. And then when Fergal came in the next morning at like nine o'clock or something, I said, how are you feeling about Dashiell? And he said, absolutely, I feel 100% sure. I knew uh, at least, uh, you know, 50% of the people... Uh, he would encounter or we would encounter would already have heard of, of the name and, and like it for its literary um, connections and so on. And I knew that there'd be another 40% that would never have heard the name. And I, I, did, I didn't know if I was up for, or he might be up for having to explain it the whole time. And then I just, uh, he was such a unique, incredibly formed little person. I decided, you know, he can do it. He's, yeah, and the name suits him, I thought. And uh, I just thought he deserved something... Um, a little bit different and um, special and um, it just seemed right. And last of all, a foolproof test if you're thinking about calling a child a name but you're still not sure about it. Who's Siobhan again with Marianne? Somebody once told me you've got to try it out in a number of situations. One of them was, can so-and-so come out to play? So can Marianne come out to play? That works perfectly well. The other one was, uh, I love you, so-and-so. So I love you, Marianne, that was fine. And the other one was, we're considering that person for promotion so we're considering Marianne for promotion sounded very likely too so if it works in all those situations you've probably got a name that's okay for life <laughs> oh in Scotland as well the uh, the other one the other good test is uh, Marianne can you come in for your tea <laughs> if you don't feel too embarrassed shouting it from the door of the house you're probably all right <laughs> If you enjoyed this documentary, you might like to listen to our other Documentary on One productions. Visit rte.ie forward slash doc on one.